I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of the Over Under Achieving Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the last one. I'm your host, Jared Brown, a.k.a. JB. Let's get it in. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Over Under Achieving Podcast. As always, I'm happy to be here. So, as who, you know, if you've been listening to this show, you know I'm a teacher. I teach music. I teach little kids. And it's pretty rewarding. It's pretty interesting just to see them grow and see them learn things and see them get excited about things that they've never heard before. So as a as a teacher, there's certain things that you you know that you teach. You know, so in my in my curriculum, I'm teaching the national anthem, and I'm touching on the the words and the history of it, the good history, the bad history. And just sharing things that you don't always hear. Like, everything about the country is not always good. Everything is not peaches and cream. Everything that sounds good is not good. You know, so I'm, I'm letting my kids listen to, the, listen to the national anthem and really think about what the words mean and learn new words. Because a lot of people in the country where we just listen to things and we don't have any idea what the word words mean. And of course, with the Colin Kaepernick situation, our eyes have been opened a lot to what we're actually singing, what it's supposed to mean, what it does mean. Uh, a lot of people have listened to the, the next stanza or verse of the Star Spangled Banner that kind of mentions slavery and talks about some things that I would imagine that anybody who loves this country is not proud of, or maybe they are proud of, but I wouldn't be proud of if I'm if my country and my flag is supposedly standing for a certain thing and it's not, or that the song says certain things that I didn't think it did. So I'm just again second grade, third grade, seven years old, eight years old, young kids, just exposing them to history in general and a different take on things and it's and it's just what it is everything is not beautiful the song star spangled banner is beautiful it's not it wasn't created by an american i mean the the music the music has been around for for a long time you know 100 years before the actual song came out we didn't create that but the music sounds really good and it sounds really happy. And you say, oh, say, can you see? And it's just, you know, it makes you happy. It makes you proud. It makes you proud. You don't know what's going on. And then I'm listening to these stories and watching these videos on YouTube about the national anthem. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to even teach this stuff because it just sounds so fake. Like some of the stories just sound so fake, like nursery rhymes, like. Like this dude wrote a wrote the Star Spangled Banner on a boat during in the middle of a war in the middle of the ocean. Uh, it just sounds kind of silly. I mean, it, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's a great story. It's a great story to tell your kids, just like any nursery rhyme or any other fable. But it does sound kind of ridiculous when you hear these grown men telling these stories about a man on a boat and these guys holding up this flag. Maybe it was true. You know, maybe it's not true. Who knows? But again, it's nice. And as a leader, 
and as a historian as a storyteller you need these you need those kind of stories to um, excite your team to encourage your team to encourage your country the world is built the world is built on stories you know any successful leader has told a story to uh, what am I looking for to rally his troops to rally their employees to rally their team so I definitely respect it I tell the kids like I don't know how true it is but it's a good story and I definitely want you guys to listen to it I wasn't around in 1814 and <laughs> even though they might think I was I wasn't born in 1814 and nobody in this building nobody in this world at this time was around in 1814 nobody in the last 50 years was around in, at that time and you know was alive to or was you know old enough to even be able to give you know some real insight or accurate depiction of what happened but the point is I'm just exposing them to history exposing them to the fact that history is not always right and the stories that we hear are not always true. So we get to listening to the Star Spangled Banner. And I get to, I'm get i hearing all these different versions. And I'm like, oh man, just a lot of different interpretations. Some of them are real corny to me. Um, the, the National Anthem can go one of two ways. It can be good. It can be bad. Um, or it can be corny. I guess that's one of three ways. So every time I play it, or most of the times I play it, I always go to the Whitney Houston version that she sang at the 1991 Super Bowl, which I believe was in Tampa Bay, I think. And, you know, the kids are like, oh, I know who Whitney Houston is. And I just I just try to have this 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 um, air of respect when I turn it on. And just let them know, like, this is Whitney Houston. You don't you might not know Whitney Houston because you're seven years old or. That's not the kind of music your parents listen to, but you need to know and you need to respect. You need to respect this vocal performance. So, I mean, I might play the other ones, you know, the more traditional Star Spangled Banner renditions, but I always play hers and the kids usually know like, oh, that's what I'm going to play. When it's time for us to practice singing the song, that's the one I'm going to play because I I haven't heard one better than that and of course i'm a whitney houston fanatic so you know i'm i'm i want to say i'm biased but i just i just respect a good vocal performance so we play it and then the kids are singing and it's just it's just exciting to just hear the music being transferred to another generation to where hopefully they can say i remember when mr brown played that that version for me Oh, I know who Whitney Houston is. Even if you just know that one performance and you never hear her again. Oh, I know who Whitney Houston is. Nobody said, oh my God, that's horrible. And it's crazy because when I taught in middle school, when I taught in middle school in the inner city, dun, dun, dun. when I taught in the inner city, I played some Whitney Houston for some kids. And they were like, oh my God, she's horrible. And I was like, oh, y'all need some help. Y'all need... Y'all need something, man. I don't know if it's help, but y'all need y'all need something. So I'm playing it for these little kids. And, you know, I guess maybe it's just they're not too cool. Not so cool yet. But they didn't get that. They understood. You could tell they they listened. They, they understood how great it was. 
it was a beautiful song. I remember playing it in high school. And that was my first time really being exposed to it when I was in high school. We actually played that version of the national anthem when we played. That's the only version we played. And it was different. It was different. It felt good. And it was like it was made for her. So you listen to her version of the national anthem and there's really nothing like it. She sails over it. And she just drops into those chord changes effortlessly. And I'm in class and the kids are listening. They're singing and, you know, they might be singing or they might just be listening. And I'm just, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills talking about it right now. And it happens every single time I listen to it. I get chills. I get chills because I've never heard anything like it. Whitney Houston is like a like a, a keyboard. It's flawless. And there are some people who are who sing on records, who sing on records, recorded music, who are not flawless. Not to mention that was not a recording. I mean, that was not, you know, that was a live performance. And she's like a keyboard. She's hitting the right notes every time. She's dropping right into that chord every time and just saying, hello, chord. Hello, nice to see you again. Hey, I told you I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? That's what it, that's what it feels like. like. Hey, hey, you feel good. Hey, nice to meet you. And her chord, you know, the way she drops into the music, the way she is an instrument, the way she is inside of the music is amazing to me. And I'm just glad I could share that with the, with the kids. But the point... Um, that I want to make. I definitely want to tell that story about the national anthem and about Whitney Houston. Cause that, I mean, everybody, most people who know music, who know anything about music have heard that performance. And she was just in her bag as, you know, as we say these days, she was just, you could look at her and it was just nothing. It was nothing to her. She was, she could have been super duper, duper, duper nervous, but you didn't, you didn't see it. She looked like she was having a good time. And she started feeling herself, and it was just like, oh, my God, this is what this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what a national anthem performance or any performance or excellence, this is what it looks like. Everybody can't do this. You can't buy this. You can't coach this. You can't steal this. This is it. We're all listening. We're all tuned in. And you don't get this everywhere, so I'm... Uh, again, I'm proud to play it. It makes the national anthem less um, bullshitty when I get to play that version. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to talk a little bit about performance, about performances, man. Obviously, we know Aretha Franklin passed away last week or the week before last, and her funeral was just last week, and it was a five-hour you know, extravaganza of music and laughter and tears and um, all kind of things. I get a little emotional talking about, I'm not going to cry or nothing like that, but it's just when you like the power, the power of music, the, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how it brings the, how it brings people together. Aretha Franklin was a singer. Now she did some other things. 
She did some other things. But she was a singer. She had $80 million in the bank because she was a singer. She was a little young gospel singer from Detroit who took it there. And, you know, I'm watching, I decided to sit down not too long ago and watch the performances. So I watched Jennifer Hudson. I watched Fantasia. I watched Stevie Wonder. Uh, Ron Isley, I watched live. I actually got to catch that live. And one more, uh, Shirley Caesar. There's one I'm missing. Shaka Khan. So, the first one I watched was Jennifer Hudson. And I had a conversation with a young lady the other day. And and right when Aretha Franklin died and after, we were talking about Jennifer Hudson. And, you know, we were talking about who's going to do the tribute. You know how people get. People always want to argue over something. Whatever. Who's going to do the tribute. And, you know, it's no, you know it's going to be Jennifer Hudson. You know it's going to be Fantasia. It's like, uh, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Who else would it be? So I'm watching the Jennifer Hudson tribute. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest vocal performance ever. She did, uh, what's the song? Not Eyes on the Sparrow. It'll come to me. I can't. I can't think of what it is, but she did the song, and you know she was really she was going in. She was hollering, and the the main the main thing I got from the performance was, of course she's trying to do her best job, and she's you know everybody's low key doing a, a little bit of throwing a little Aretha flavor in there, low key high key, throwing a little bit of Aretha flavor in there. So I can respect that, but. The most important thing was that you want to do that. That Aretha Franklin inspired you. Inspired you enough to where you want to, you know, throw a little of her her swag in there. Now, some people overdo it. I actually think Jennifer Hudson overdid it. But it's still emotion. It's coming from her. She gave us what was inside of her. She gave us what she thinks Aretha wanted. She gave us what she thinks the crowd wanted that day. She gave us what was in her soul. And I can respect that because some people can dig in their soul and they come up empty. Whether you're a singer or or a person, you dig in your soul and you come up empty. She dug in her soul and she came out with something. She came out with some power. She came out with some emotion. So I always have the utmost respect for Jennifer Hudson. And, and I think she is one of the greats and one of the greats that we've been able to see. But yeah, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I watched that. And after that, I watched Shaka Khan. And it was just like, it started off a little rough. It started off a little rough. I'm like, oh, Shaka been drinking. Or whatever she been, whatever she be going through, we know she's one of the one of the best of all time. And currently, you know, one of the one of the one of the legends that's that's been able to maintain it. Uh, there's a word. Uh, one of the legends who's been able to age gracefully, vocally. So she's singing, and it just took a little while to progress. But once it got there, it's like, man, she gave a true. Shaka Khan performance of an Aretha Franklin song uh, going up yonder and it was just so 
intense. You know, they're showing the picture. They're showing the, the video of the people in the audience. And it's just so intense, man. Like, I almost shed a tear. Part of me wanted to cry. Everybody is just, it's just, a, just black love, black life, black beauty. Just celebrating. Like, it's a true celebration of life. And I think everybody wants to be celebrated in such a way. Everybody wants to leave a legacy. And again, Aretha inspired, you know, she inspired Shaka Khan. She inspired her in that moment, in that moment to come with it. You can't come up there. You can go, you can go to the Grammys. You can go to the Grammys and, and bullshit. You can go to the AMAs and bullshit. You can go to the billboards and bullshit, but you can't come to the Aretha tribute and bullshit. And you know that. So I'm just amazed at that. And I just hope that at some point in my life, in the next 50, 60 years, 70 years, 70, when they do a tribute to me, that people are inspired to give everything that they got to this performance. You're inspired. You said, oh man, I cannot come whack. And a lot of, some people had that influence. You know, the greats really had that influence. Like, yo, I can't come whack. I can't come whack around this person. I can't come whack with this person with Aretha watching. I can't come whack with all these Aretha fans watching. So, you know, shout out to Shaka for really turning it up, you know, bringing the bringing the gospel and and killing it. But the best performance that I saw the best performance that I saw was Fantasia. And of course, she was one of the ones where you say, oh, she's got to be there. She's got to be a part of the tribute. And I agree. Gospel roots, strong, black voice, strong, powerful voice. You know, unlike anybody, nobody, nobody's out that sounds like that. Nobody. Currently. Now, we've heard some singers. We definitely heard some gospel singers that sound like that. But we don't know too many singers in, um, you know, in popular music that sound like Fantasia. And she got them shoes off. She took them shoes off. And it was a problem. She went crazy. She went crazy. She was screaming. And everybody was just feeling it, man. It was like, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. I might have to put that on put that in the show. Cause it was amazing. It was amazing. I'm glad that she did it. I'm glad that she came hard. She usually does come hard. And I know Aretha would be proud. She would be proud. You know, they were singing like she was right there. It was it was a legit tribute as if she was right there in the audience. And I'm glad I sat down and watched it. Because I could have easily, you know, just went on about my life. But I'm glad I sat down and watched all these all these performances. Fantasia, man. Some people are put here to do what they do. Fantasia was put on this earth. She was put on this earth to get that performance. She was put on this earth to get that performance. And I'm sure anybody that knows her knows, like, you couldn't do you couldn't have done this tribute without her. It wouldn't have been right. 
It would have been disrespectful to do this tribute without her. And she came and she showed why she is who she is. And of course, I cannot, I can't talk about the tributes, even though that was my favorite one, without talking about Stevie, one of the legends, one of the, not one of the legends, the GOAT. If you hear me say something else, you know, say, say you was lying, say you, you know, call me on my bullshit, but I'm calling Stevie the GOAT. Um, yeah, especially when it comes to black music, I'm calling Stevie the GOAT. Stevie comes on with the harmonica, and it's, ah, he's pulling on your heartstrings, man. Nobody, nobody can really do that like Stevie, especially not with a harmonica. Shit, I don't know anybody else who plays the harmonica. So, you know, he's doing his thing, and then he goes into, um, what's this on? Do, 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 is that ass? Do, 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 do. Be loving you always. I think that song is called Ass. So he goes into it. A little flat in the beginning, but it's all good. You know, it's Stevie. We can we can forgive him. He's given us enough good music to where we can forgive him for a little bit of um out of tune flat singing. But uh, of course we can forgive Stevie for all of that because he's just giving us some phenomenal records over the past 50 years. And again, when he get together talking about the, uh, what is it I'm looking for? Uh, 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 yeah. Till you come back to me, that's what I'm gonna do. And I'm like, whew, man, just the pass off from Stevie to Aretha to pass that record. I'm actually mad he didn't do that song, but the respect that <clears throat> that he had for Aretha to give her that record and the respect that she had for him to sing that record and to kill that record is just so black to me. You know what I'm saying? Like when those kind of things happen, those kind of handoffs are just historic. And you know, we've had them. We have them with Just Blaze and Jay-Z. And you might not think it's the same way, but we have them with Pharrell and Beyonce and Justin Timberlake and Timbo. We just had those handoffs. Um, scratch the Justin Timberlake. My bad. He's white. But uh, cool guy. Uh, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson, these handoffs of these amazing records. And Stevie Wonder gets to perform it as and towards the middle Angie Stone comes up, Jennifer Lewis comes up, and they start singing with them. And it's just this incredible experience that, I mean, you got you got to say that, you know, you're thankful. I'm thankful to even be able to watch it on YouTube. And I hope everybody who gets to watch it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years um, understands how important it was. It's emotional. It's it's real. It's powerful. Um, one of our black icons, royalty, royalty. Like that was a that was a a queen's funeral, and Stevie Wonder gave her a king, a, a queenly send off by a king in his own in his own right and in the same industry. And 
I just don't really know what to say. I mean, I, again, I almost cried watching Fantasia, watching Stevie, watching people's reactions. I, I just, I love watching people's reactions to amazing music, to just powerful messages. And I can't say enough how thankful I am and how happy we should all be that we were able to be touched by Aretha Franklin and that we're able to come together through the power of music and really share a person you know and we talk about that all you hear that all the time we really shared Aretha with her family we shared her she gave herself to us it was her job to give herself to us musically and I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for to all the singers that she inspired, to all the music that she inspired, to all the men that she inspired, to all the women that she inspired, and hopefully we don't have another uh, funeral tribute like this for a long time, but if we do, I'm excited for um, some inspiring performances and some black excellence, some black love some black music and hopefully this performance has sparked the next Aretha Franklin or the next Stevie Wonder that was in the crowd or watching it on YouTube to continue you know the magic that is black music the magic that is gospel music the magic that is you know us so I'm not gonna go on I'm definitely going to be talking about music a lot more on my podcast. So I'm definitely excited about that. If you can tell, or if you can't tell, but I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. Thank you for listening uh, to the over and achieving podcast. Rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>